Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. As always, Joey, along with the other, as always, in Miles and Steve. Say hi, Miles. Hi, Miles. Good boy. Steve? Hi, Miles. That worked, too. That's fine. Um, so how's everyone doing? What's what's new? Miles, what's up? Uh, not much. Uh, I had a very lovely uh, Valentine's weekend. I'm lucky that I'm with a wife who is good enough that she'll allow the original My Bloody Valentine to count as our movie. That works. Steve, what'd you do? Hmm. I work. <laughs> truly, truly married man. Um, I uh, I had a nice meal, but um, took my girlfriend to a press screening. So we saw Uncharted together. Truly a romantic movie. Can you talk about it? Yeah, it's not good. It didn't look good. Well, there you go. Uh, hold on. You mean to tell me that a movie based on a video game was not good? This it's is not unheard terrible. of. It's These not are terrible, but it's definitely... uncharted waters. Yes, well, there you go. There you go. Um, it reminded me how, how much more fun it is to play a game than to watch a game. Because, like, you know, the set pieces are fine, but... You know, it's more fun to play the game. They're they're trying to start a franchise, and I I don't suspect it'll work. But, you know, it's not terrible. It's just, it's one of those movies you immediately forget. And uh, that's not what you want to do when you're starting a franchise. It shouldn't be immediately forgettable. So I don't expect we'll see a second Uncharted, despite them very clearly setting up a sequel. But that is, uh, you know tbd there well, it's like laura croft though it's a similar thing it's like you say what well, it should be a good yeah. film but no it was a it was a video game for a reason it succeeded as a video game for a reason and taking your participation out of it i think strips it of part of the fun then you're just watching it you may as well just watch someone else play the video game that's not fun either so totally and like well, well that's what a lot of games have good stories like is yeah you're just watching yeah. i mean the best example of that was that doom movie which literally just has a first person section that is feels very much like you're just watching somebody else play doom like yeah yeah and also like you know doom doesn't have a real like powerful story to draw you in there you know it's pretty bare bones to get you to start killing demons from hell on mars which I don't need that much more in my game, but for the movie, you either better come up with a damn good story or figure out a way to, to bring you in, and they did they did neither there. Um, Part Silent of the Hill. problem is that Silent Hill was a good one because they at least got, like, the atmosphere and, like, the look of the world right. It was still a bad that was story the thing. and bad yeah. acting and all that stuff, but, like, it's it came closer. Warcraft came kind of close. Like, there's been some near misses, but nothing's quite hit the way it needs to and i think part of the problem is that they are picking games to adapt where a lot of the time the the plot is kind of this threadbare thing to get you from gameplay section to gameplay section and so when you're just looking at the plot it doesn't hold up to cinematic scrutiny yeah i mean i have high hopes for the last of us yeah well that one has a good enough story like outside like it's not an action heavy plot so like there'll be action in it but the story and the core of like the character stuff could be good enough to sustain a series and so, yeah, yeah my fingers series. crossed for that one a series helps too because you're yeah you have to tell a story where a film you say hey what's the next big set piece all they're looking for are things to fill the trailer 
and then throw some dialogue around it. Where if you're doing a series, yeah. you know, if you don't have strong characters and you don't have a true narrative, you're going to fail. So, you know, maybe that's the route to go. The, uh, the Halo series, I think, just got today a second season order before it yes. premiered. So maybe they've cracked a code also. Or they're just so pot committed. Or maybe they're just counting their chickens before they hatch. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I also saw a dog, which was nice. I like that movie quite a bit. Um, and uh, actually, after we finish this podcast, I'm watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I, I'm not like amazingly optimistic, considering I think it comes out on Friday. But oh, really? Something, something to do, at least. Um but I did want to. I did want to tie in the Oscars to a bit of a game. So, one of the things that I think people always like to do, with you know, especially if you like a certain actor or actress or director, is uh, talk about where they should have won. You know, especially if they've been nominated several times. And um, we did something like this on Award Circuit at one point. And I know this had Oscar Buzz does it in a different manner. But uh, I want to see how, like, history would be different if we sort of fixed some of the uh, Oscar injustices, as it were. So I have one or two offhand, but if you guys think of any, also come up with that. But, for example, I know most people don't like Al Pacino having an Oscar for Scent of a Woman, right? Right. Correct. So, so – Let's say we could give him one previously, and let's see how the world would change, and we can kind of uh, go from there. So, in terms of his... If we just go with things that he's been nominated for, Oscar-wise, you have... So here's what we'll do. Majority rules. Two out of three, or three out of three. We'll, that'll be what he gets, and then we'll, we'll go through it from there. Um, supporting actor for The Godfather... Uh, actor for Serpico, Godfather Part 2, Dog Day Afternoon, and Justice for All. Supporting actor for Dick Tracy and Glengarry Gorilla and Ross. Supporting actor, The Irishman. Miles, what's your vote? Where should he have won his Oscar? Man, there's a real big gap between those last two, let me tell you. Um, a little bit. So my personal pick would be Dog Day Afternoon. I think the range he shows in that performance is like some of the best work he ever did. Um, totally. My runner-up choice would be either of the Godfather films. All right, Steve. I, don't know, I like a lot of them. Don't look at what. Don't look at who they beat because that'll be part of the uh, the fun of this. With our this is our Back to the Future episode. We're just messing with time. I'm gonna go and put something out there that uh, I don't think Miles agrees with, but uh, give him Dick Tracy. I loved his work there, <laughs> and his over-the-top works with the, you know the makeup and the and the the art direction and everything. He can be Al Pacino without feeling like ah eh, he's a little out of place here. He fit right in. You know what? The, the Academy rarely, if, if ever, makes selections like that. And I'm like, if they did once in a while, it'd be great to see. You know, the Marissa Tomei is not at the same uh-huh. level, but that's one of the few wins that didn't feel like your standard Academy pick. I'd love to see more like it, like Pacino and Dick Tracy. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do this. Let's do both of them because some shit's going to happen. All right. So Dog Day Afternoon, right? Al Pacino now has an Oscar. Um, by the way, he is taking it away from Jack Nicholson from One Full Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ooh. Ooh okay. So I mean, in that reality, in that reality, does Jack Nicholson get another Oscar, or is he one shy where he is now? Oh, what a tragic world where Jack Nicholson only has two Oscars instead of three. 
but that this is something to consider because now well except it was that his first oscar though because that could definitely have a ripple effect well that's because it's cuckoo's nest it's reds and as good as it gets is that right uh Uh, is it reds is the second yes so that's his first oscar yeah, it's uh, it's terms of endearment is the second. Terms okay. of endearment, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that is so his I, first. So well, then he, maybe he gets the, his first. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if that changes that much. Maybe they nom- well, maybe they nominate him for The Departed instead of Mark Wahlberg. What's interesting is, I think that could have happened. Um, it's possible he could have won for A Few Good Men for sure. number two. Or does he win for about Schmidt in that real close race? Who beat him in that one? Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. Oh. Then I think that could have definitely been the case. Because, I mean, that was Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis splitting the vote. Although I still so, maintain I mean, Day-Lewis should have won that race, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, I would, or Cage. I mean, that was a great lineup aside from Michael Caine. Yeah. Which most people Ad- just say Adrian without having Brody, seen the movie. Say, but... He's fine. I'm okay with him having a nomination. It's wild he won. I, I, um, I think that might be his worst performance. <laughs> it's it's a very it's not amazing, but it's fine. I don't I don't like get super upset. So here, I don't think it would have happened for a few good men because he would have had to beat Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. Right, and that seemed like it was just going to happen no matter what. We see, see how, the, how these things kind of come into play, and now part continuing that, we uh, I assume Al Pacino doesn't win for Scent of a Woman. No, not if he'd already won at that point. So who? So who else was nominated that year then? So interestingly, he's double nominated that year because he's also up for Glenn Gary, Glenn, uh, Glenn Ross. Right. Um, same year that uh, Nicholson is up for a few good men. It's really tying in. Um, yeah, yeah. So if we assume Pacino's nominated but doesn't win, you've got uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. Yeah. You've got Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven. Stephen Ray for The Crying Game. And the most likely answer, Denzel Washington and Malcolm X. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Clint Eastwood might get it because Unforgiven was real popular that year. Maybe. Now, assuming let's assume he doesn't get nominated. Who do we think gets in instead? For which one? For lead actor, because there's a new a new slot open. I think. Uh, oh, Tom I see Cruise is an option for a few yeah. good men. Yeah, Tom I can Cruise. Because mm-hmm. um, then I I don't think he would have won, but it would have been a very interesting uh, race then, because he'd be right there for a win. Um, thinking of what else might I mean, the player did well ish. I don't know that you they can were get necessarily Tim in there. Yeah, I don't know about that, but maybe. Um, I'm just looking at what else did well that year. What year is that? Um, I'm gonna pull up. That is '92. '92. Um, dude, Gary Oldman and in Dracula. Nah. Listen, I would love it, but the Academy would never go that way. Yeah. I mean, it could have just been like. Daniel Day-Lewis last in the Mohicans, and it doesn't really, like, move the needle beyond, oh, I guess they're just going to another person they like. Um, you know what would have been a very, very good one? Um, oh, wait, that's the, that's the wrong one. I, I saw Mona Lisa, and I was like, Bob Hoskins. Oh, wait, no, he got it in a different year. 
is there another film? I think those are kind of uh, the main you had ones. Howard's End. Uh, wasn't that? Yeah, but like who? Well, that was Best Picture. What, that's, you, uh, what's his you? name? Uh, Hopkins, right? Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Anthony Hopkins could have definitely happened. That. I mean, my personal pick would never happen, but it would be Joe Pesci, uh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. I mean, well, would it never happen? Because Tomei won, so... Yeah, but she was a shock. Okay, I mean, it could have room been, for more than one be shock. Maybe, it was a wonderful shock. Maybe, maybe. This or just in, my cousin Vinny sweeps the acting awards. <laughs> oh my god, yes please. Um, husband, husbands and wives did well, but didn't really have a, uh, a lead man. So uh, that wasn't going to happen. You have, I don't know if he was lead, but... No, he's he's supporting. I was going to say Robin Williams for uh, Aladdin. Yeah, not only did they go for him, they go for him in lead. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, probably it... not. But you know, I mean, I guess like Nick Nolte, Lorenzo's oil. Wait a second, hold on. They're not like oh, amazingly. Oh, we're talking. I'm sorry, I get confused because I've seen Jack Nicholson and Al Pacino and, and supporting. All these names are coming together and blurring into one big category. Yeah. Well, see, this is just like how you how you the the ripple effect is is pretty interesting, I think, for uh, for Pacino. Um, let's do another one. I want to do that as an example. Actually, I had a, another one up. Let me figure that out. Oh, because you had said um, we'll do one more Pacino because you had said um, Dick Tracy, right? Okay, so Dick Chase, so Dick Tracy, in that scenario. You're taking it away from Joe Pesci for Goodfellas. Oh, <laughs> come on! So now, what happens to Joe Pesci? All right, that's why. That's why he lost. He, he wins for the Irishman. <laughs> or Casino. Does he? Does he win for? Does he get nominated for Casino? Oh yeah. I mean, it's a pretty similar character, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, so if he were to win supporting actor for the Irishman he takes away from Brad Pitt I mean I could live with that but yeah. I know you could I, I'd prefer we keep, but we I prefer we keep things the way they are Pacino has enough yeah I, I you know I, I was just saying the, uh, the 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 Dick Tracy role is a lot of fun it was more yeah. if you want to go what performance of his is worthy of an Academy Award, that's not high on the list. It would just be a lot of fun to, to have it. To always, whenever they go so through the, in the, the world where... they go through the montage of clips and they have to show that because that's the one he <laughs> he took the totally. Oscar home for. And in a, I mean, here's the interesting thing. In a scenario where you'd be giving him the uh, Sporting Actor Oscar for Casino, he would have to take, he would, he would be taking it away from Kevin Spacey, the usual suspects. Oh, you know what? I'm actually good with that. Yeah, I can't imagine why. Um, so Spacey still gets nominated though because he's not cancelled then so who do you think doesn't get nominated in that scenario because the other nominees were James Cromwell for Babe remember Babe did well mm-hmm. Babe did very Babe's well best picture nominee um, Ed Harris Apollo 13 Brad Pitt 12 Monkeys Tim Roth Rob Roy maybe Tim Roth but then Tim Roth doesn't have an Oscar nomination yeah, but I out of those five, I think Tim Roth is the most vulnerable because Rob Roy is like who ta- who thinks or about Brad Rob Pitt. Roy anymore? Pitt, yeah. I mean, that is kind of a like in retrospect, that's kind of a surprising nomination 
like he's good in 12 monkeys but like you look at 12 monkeys now and you don't think oh that's an oscar performance yeah and they're both i think one-offs in terms of the oscars yeah nomination wise so i mean that it might be pit it might be pit because well, um, uh liam neeson was nominated for rob roy too wasn't he uh, whereas i don't think any no was he not not at the oscars nope oh. nope Liam Neeson's Oscar nomination is Schindler. Well, I knew that, but oh. I was trying to think if Rob Roy itself did anything or no. had any major One movement off. outside of Roth. Yeah. So, so here, now that I've now that I've given you guys one, Miles, why don't you give me someone? Is there a uh, someone who has an Oscar but for the wrong role you'd like to tinker with? Viola Davis. All right, let's play that game. Let me pull it up. Steve, think of one. I'm, you're I'm trying my best. Thinking, I know. Been there. All right, so Viola has four nominations. Your options are Doubt, Best Sporting Actress, The Help, Best Actress. She wins for Fences, and she's up for Ma Rainey in Best Actress. She wins Sporting for Fences. What are you thinking? It's wild because... I do think she's one of the best actresses working today, but I'm kind of lukewarm on most of the roles that she's been nominated for. Um, totally. With the exception of Doubt, which is the one I would actually give it to her for, because I don't love that movie, but I think she is head and shoulders above, at the time, the far more experienced rest of the cast. So we can play that out, and then we'll play out the other one because um, I think the easiest one is is the help because I don't think Meryl Streep necessarily gets a, th- a third one anywhere else well maybe she gets then. nominated for don't look up this time maybe takes advantage of that category takes away from Ariana DeBose that'd be weird um, but yeah that's one of those things where like I know they would give her a third one because they clearly did but it wasn't going to be Florence Foster Jenkins wasn't going to be like Ricky in the Flash, I don't think. So maybe she only has two in that scenario. So in the in the doubt timeline, you're taking it away from Penelope Cruz. Mm. Dang. So okay. Well, I don't in, love that. In that scenario. I know that's that's not great. Um, so if you take it away from Penelope Cruz, what you can do then is she did. She obviously wouldn't have won for Volver. Does she win the next year for nine? Please say no. No. Wait, who who beat her for Volver? Uh, in 2006, she lost to... Because Volver is my favorite performance of hers. She lost to Helen Mirren for The Queen. That was never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She wasn't even number two, I don't think. No, oh. I mean, predictions-wise, no, but preference-wise, i probably no. go... I, I would sooner rewatch I mean, Volver over the Queen. I mean, the answer is if if Penelope Cruz doesn't have an Oscar nomination, she wins this year for Parallel Mothers. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Best Actress is fucking open wide, so I can see it. I think in a in a wide open year where nobody thinks Jessica Chastain's going to win. Maybe I mean, listen, she's not completely out of this, and I got to tell you, <laughs> interview with Jessica Chastain potentially coming to awards radar very soon. They see an opening. Which they better like. If you if you were get hit, if you were running a campaign for any of the five, 
wouldn't you think you had a chance to win right now? You know, when they reach out to Awards Radar, they're bringing in the big guns. And, you know, they're yeah. making the move now. I mean, listen, it it is it – is, uh, we joke, but at the same time, joke. it is indicative of um, of a thought process. Because, for example, during the Being the Ricardos press day, right? Javier Bardem not not made available, whether he was working or whatever, just wasn't wasn't on the horizon for us, right? Um, uh, literally a week or two before voting, suddenly they reach out, and you know what? He gets in. There's a when you when you see that you can make moves as a publicist, you also widen your 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 horizon because at the beginning, a lot of times you play it safe. You know, you go, you get your variety profile, you get your Hollywood Reporter, you know, your Actors Roundtable, all that stuff. Especially with the bigger names, sometimes you like to just have them in the the A plus things and don't really worry about volume. Um, but there's something to be said for their name everywhere because it's just another opportunity for someone to think of them when they cast their ballot. I mean, look, we got a number of people recently. Pen- uh, Penelope Cruz, another great example. She popped up. Right before voting, guess what? She got nominated. It wasn't us that did it, but the combination of all those things certainly makes a difference. So if you're running any of the five campaigns, you think you have a win and you should you should try to push it. So, I mean, right now, Penelope Cruz could win. So imagine if she was not with an Oscar at the time. You would have Nicole Kidman going for a second. You would have Olivia Coleman going for a second. You have Chastain and, and Kristen Stewart going for their first, but in films that clearly the Academy is like a little iffy on and Penelope Cruz in a movie that got another nomination. And I would imagine had it been in the running, had it made it to the, a larger voting body probably would have been up for international film. So maybe, maybe that would have happened. I mean, it could still happen, but I think in the world where we're taking it away from her for Vicky Cristina Barcelona, she probably is the early front. She is the front runner, I think. And it's not a last second nomination. I think she she does a lot better on the precursor circuit. Yeah. I, That's I my would, two cents on that one. No, I would completely agree with that. And it's interesting that this random one that we just chose has a ripple effect all the way to the current race. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, with the help, it's, it's a pretty easy one. Um, and I don't think I mean, the other one would be Ma Rainey, and then just Frances McDormand doesn't have another one. That's all. Although, in fairness, she, like, she was mo- many people, like, I was predicting her to win for Ma Rainey. Like, I, th- I don't think she was yeah. very far from it last year, so. Oh, it was very close. So that's that's the fun with some of these. Steve, you got one? Let's go with Paul Newman. Okay. Paul Newman won. That's actually a good pick, because... For the color of money, nobody, nobody is. Yeah, which he's he's fine in. Yeah, it's a solid movie, but that Wait, was that's that was, the one he won for. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, the only it's one, one of the. It's one of the clear. We gave it to you because we're running out of time. I mean, listen, I I think he's very good in the color of money, but like that's for some reason I thought he got an earlier one. I don't know why. No, so he got uh, the uh, the honorary award in '86. Then wins the Academy Award in '87, That's and gets what I'm the humanitarian of. award in '94, and made salad dressing in '89. Yeah, good, some damn good salad dressing. Mm. Um, Newman. So your options are Newman, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof in '59, The Hustler in '62, 
Holly Dean 64, Cool Hand Luke in 68. Those are all Best Actor nominees. I mean, if you want to, if you want to kind of cheat, he's nominated for Best Picture for Rachel Rachel in 69. That film lost to Oliver. In 82, Actor for Absence of Malice. 83, Actor for The Verdict. Uh, and then you have 95, Actor for Nobody's Fool. And 2003, Supporting Actor, Road to Perdition. So which, what do you wanna, which one do you want to start with? Wait, so we're only going with ones he was He had a nomination for? Well, the, well, it's, I mean, these are the ones he was nominated for and lost. I mean, it's just easier to do that than to okay. find one that he wasn't even nominated for because it's just, it's another step. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Miles? What's what's your? Uh... Um, I would probably go the hustler. Although there's also, if I could double dip, I do love the idea of him also winning for Road to Perdition. All right, we'll play those two out. So the hustler, he lost to Max Maximilian Schnell for uh, Judgment at Nuremberg. I'm trying to pull up. I don't think anyone is like super upset about that, but also it's a very good performance. Now. I'm looking I don't remember if he has another Oscar I also don't think that Shell gets another chance necessarily I'm looking and I I'm gonna guess no so that's one of those things you're like are we okay with that person not having an Oscar now any opinions I mean even 10, 20 years from now, or even today, you ask somebody who Paul Newman is and you ask somebody who Maximilian Schnell is, you're going to get more answers to one than the other. Yeah, that's for sure. Fair. And that's with him that's, having won an fair. Oscar. So, yep. you know. Hmm. Yep. Was Maximilian um, Schnell can, in... Didn't he have a small role in The Brothers Bloom? One of his last roles. Okay, that's literally the only thing I've seen him in. He's, he's in Julia in 77. I believe he gets nominated for that. He does. Ironically, losing to Jason Robards from the same film. So I guess you could cheat that way, but then Jason Robards doesn't have an Oscar. And I think that's a higher priority. Yeah. All right. So I guess I guess that could work. Now, you said Road to Perdition, right? So you're taking away from Chris Cooper. Ooh, that's a tough who one. Who hasn't been back since. Ugh. And probably doesn't win. So then Chris Cooper doesn't have an Oscar. That one I do give more pause to. I think I'm okay with Newman not getting that one if he already had it for The Hustler. But if he had never, it, if he didn't win for The Hustler or Color of Money, and he had never won an Oscar up until that point, then I would probably still prioritize that over Cooper. But if he already has so here's one, then we, give it to Cooper. Yeah, so here's who we lost to. Um,. And let's see if there's anyone who, who reaches that. So, Katna Hunton Roof loses to David Niven for separate tables. The Hustler loses to Shell for Judgment at Nuremberg. HUD loses to Sidney Poitier for Louis the Field. Cool Hand Luke loses to Rod Steiger for In the Heat of the Night. Absence of Malice, he loses to Henry Fonda for On Golden Pond. The Verdict loses to Ben Kingsley for Gandhi. Nobody's Fool loses to Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. So, he's He's basically going to take an Oscar away from someone if we fix it. Unless Tom Hanks only has one Oscar. Um, 
unless you have uh, another idea. Hmm. I always thought Cooper won for American Beauty. No, not even nominated. No, not even nominated. So it's one of those ones where you kind of almost want to leave it where it is, as much as it's annoying. Yeah. I think you go further back. I think, you know, make the, the hustler move. What about Cool Hand Luke? Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, it's, Glenn it's, looks a good one. The only uh, it's weird that Rod Steiger wins lead actor. For yeah, it's definitely a supporting performance yeah. in the Heat of the Night. Well, Category. let's play that game then. Category fraud, son of a. That's like one of the. See what that's like one of the greatest instances of category fraud I think in the history of the Academy. Frankly, it's up there. So maybe we can maybe we can fix it that way. So if you do that. One, you could potentially um, have Sidney Poitier nominated in lead. Uh, and then supporting actor George Kennedy wins for Cool Hand Luke. That's pretty cool that they would both win. That would be an interesting, but they wouldn't if you're given Rod, or does Rod not win then? Right. If he's winning lead and he goes to supporting, he's walking away with supporting them. So you're sacrificing George Kennedy. And one of the five nominees, which are, the other ones are John Cassavetes for The Dirty Dozen, Gene Hackman for Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Cecil uh, Kellaway for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Michael J. Pollard for Bonnie and Clyde. I guess Bonnie and Clyde doesn't double up then. Yeah, which and I can probably live with. probably lose Pollard. Yeah, I guess that could work also. Um, I want to do a director. Do Scorsese. Well, yeah, there's plenty to talk about with Scorsese. <laughs> And uh, it also he also just directed that, so it, it helps because we just did. Um, so real quick, we just did that. So mm-hmm. did, uh, did, maybe you just did this. I'm reading as we as you speak, but uh, Warren Beatty, Hoffman, and Spencer Tracy are all. Did you just say those three? Did you mention who he was up against? Steiger and Newman for in that year in '67. No, we had, we hadn't mentioned oh. the the, comp- the other yeah that's that's it's a pretty damn good lineup and and to win on a uh, a supporting role against Dustin Hoffman in the graduate yeah Warren Newman Beatty Dustin cool Hoffman Handel, Paul Newman spent yeah Tracy and I uh, guess who's coming to for dinner huh? and Warren Beatty and Bonnie and Clyde I'm like jeez gotta tell you Hoffman Hoffman would have been my vote as much as I know he's kind of a jerk no I I would agree with that for well, that performance yeah same here but I like that lineup. he's one of those guys that like. You don't forgive him for being a jerk, but you you, you can't help but appreciate the stuff. Um, all right. So, Scorsese wins for The Departed, which, by the way, I'm totally fine with. But his other options. Um, let's assume it would happen prior to The Departed. But um, past The Departed, he has Hugo, The Wolf of Wall Street, and The Irishman. He's also up for Best Picture for all of those. So, his options are... Raging Bull, Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, The Age of Innocence just for screenplay. Goodfellas is also a screenplay, but let's assume it's director. Uh, Gangs of New York and The Aviator. Steve, you want to go first? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up the list. 
Uh, I yeah, would... I'll, go, I'll go through them. Let's... Or go ahead, go ahead. You want to just go through them and do it that way? Um, so here. First up, when he loses for Raging Bull, that's Robert Redford, Ordinary People. I don't think he was losing. And I, I think then Robert Redford doesn't have an Oscar. Is that Robert Redford's only Oscar? I think it is. He doesn't have one for acting. That's wild. Um, Last Temptation of Christ, I don't think he was winning for no matter what. No. Um, but then Barry Levinson doesn't have an Oscar, and I kind of like that he has one. Did he win for uh, Rain Man? Yeah, for Rain Man. Yeah, I would leave that. Um, so Goodfellas. That's gonna be a popular one, obviously. Yeah, I mean, good Goodfellas is my vote because I think it's his best film. Yeah, I agree. Well, Goodfellas also technically, so you take it away from Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin I'm, Costner I'm still gets okay a producing one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Mind. He still gets a producing Oscar, so he still has an Oscar. So that one, that one, I think everyone could be okay with, and I don't think anything changes for Costner going forward. So time is sort of not really fucked up. Um, my pick is is Gangs of New York. What's it up against? One I like. I, I kind of like that. And also, yeah, he takes it away from uh, Polanski. Oh, yeah. Let's go Ooh. with that then. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed yeah. to that. I'm not, I'm not a Costner hater. I, I, I'm not a, a Polanski fan. So let's go Gangs of New York. You know. So, I mean, that would uh, – this one, you, you know, Roman Polanski doesn't have a, an Oscar, which as a filmmaker you could argue is probably sad. Um the Pianist is not his like best film. No. It's his most Oscar-friendly film. But also, you know, at best, he's a problematic figure. That's the most generous way I think we can describe uh, it. I think that's very generous. That's, that's, I, that's, that's the furthest you can go without being problematic yourself. Um, say, I think it would not be a problem to take it away from him. Or you could take away from Clint Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby. He mm-hmm. would still have several... Um, no, I like Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think I think Goodfellas and Gangs of New York are the two answers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm good with either of those. You want to do one more? Sure. Let's do. Just because I think this will be interesting, Charlie Kaufman. Hmm. Oh. Okay. Well, except that not this that is we a don't mo- like his his win. Except that this is a moot point because he was never nominated for Synecdoche, New York. Uh-huh. I know. Well, that would have made it better for for you, but um, so let's assume Anomalisa doesn't change anything. So let's look at uh, original screenplay for being John Malkovich and adapted screenplay for adaptation. Which leads up to: Does he still win for Eternal Sunshine if he has an Oscar? What was it up against? Well, didn't we do a uh, recalibration so, for that year, and we decided that like he was far and away the front runner? I'm looking it up right now. I think so. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so, yeah. for being John Malkovich, he lost to Alan Ball for American Beauty. That was a runaway train. Ooh. And I, he was not even number two, because Magnolia, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, was close. And oh. M. Night Shyamalan, The Sixth Sense, and Topsy Turvy, Mike Lee, who's always there. So he was fourth, I think, oh. which is a, a shame. I have was, I have so many mixed emotions about everything you just said. <laughs> I know this is this is like the list designed to annoy you. 
Well, because like it's a great like- it's a great lineup. And if you'd asked me like five or six years ago, it was still it was a great win. And now I just I feel so many different ways about all of that. It's I, I don't yeah, it's one of those ones I haven't rewatched in a long time because I don't think it's as fun as it was once because just you know, the sketch factor of Kevin Spacey. Oh no, to be clear, and I, think I the, will I will never be able to watch that movie again. I just can't do that's it. That's the thing. I think I think you need to watch that movie and identify with Lester. Otherwise it's it doesn't work. The whole well, no, yeah, reason if the you're movie creeped works. out by him, yeah, the entire thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. And it's and you need given what we now know, I don't know how you can watch it and not be creeped out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a yeah, which is a shame. because um, the movie I think is good, but also, you know, oh it was guy it was one of my all time favorite movies until it wasn't. <laughs> I, I remember being annoyed when it won because I hadn't seen it at the time. And I knew of, obviously, the, the, the Sixth Sense. And that was kind of my horse. And I knew The Green Mile was the Shawshank guy's new movie. And I kind of wanted that. Um, but when I finally watched it, like six months later or something like that, whenever it was on HBO, I think, it, uh, you know, I was like, wait, first of all, this is funny. Because, you know, you also had that feel. They didn't promote it as a comedy. It was like this, like, arty drama about, like, marital strife and middle-aged malaise. And you're watching, like, this is kind of hilarious at times. Um, But if that wasn't winning, I I think Magnolia or The Sixth Sense was winning. I mean, Magnolia would be an amazing win, too. I think just from a screenplay standpoint, that's still one of uh, PTA's best. For me, that'd be an all-timer. I love that film and... If I can give PTA that uh, an Academy Award for one film, that would have been it. I agree. I mean, he has a shot this time around. Yeah, but we'll see. So yeah, I don't. I don't think being John Malkovich happens now. Adaptation. Adaptation. Because remember, it's an adapted screenplay. But we can play the game of what if it was an original. But um, adapted is is actually not bad because you he the pianist wins so you take it away from Ronald Harwood, which you know shame he doesn't have it. No, no. Shame I guess at then all. does he? Is there any chance he wins for the diving bell and the butterfly then? Ah, uh, depends who he would have beaten. Um, he would have beaten. People are yelling this faster than I can look it up, but. He would have beaten. Nope, wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> the the Cohens for No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> no. Yeah, that just. Well, okay. he wasn't even number two because PTA is right there also. Well, okay. So who else was up uh, for the adaptation year? So the adaptation year. That so if the pianist doesn't win, Chicago probably wins, or the hours, if I had to guess. Uh, and then the other, the fifth one, the fifth one is about a boy, much as we all like that movie quite a bit. Oh, I love that movie. That uh, honestly, winning, but it was never winning. As much as I love Charlie Kaufman, about a boy would be damn close to getting my pick out of that group. I think about a boy would be my pick as well. It would be, I think my ranking would be about a boy adaptation, Chicago, the hours of the pianist. Yeah, now, probably about the same. The, if you play the game and, and make it an original, because it's not really an adaptation, though it is, but it isn't, you know. Um, so Almodovar wins for Talk to Her. 
I don't think he he beats Almodovar because that was also partly the um, the movie not making the uh, at the time foreign feature lineup because he got director also right and you would take away one of these nominees Todd Haynes Far From Heaven probably not Jay Cox Steve Zalian Kenneth Lonergan Gangs of New York maybe but that got so many nominations so that you would either take away Nia Vardalos from My Big Fat Greek Wedding which I think we can all live with well that movie made so much money and uh, Ichumama Tambien which was uh, Quaran uh, I mean I, I could live with uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding going away the rest it's hard to I think I think the honest answer is it's one of those things where the voters are confused and he doesn't get nominated them. Yeah. Because he gets enough votes, but spread out into both categories. So half of his votes are disqualified, which is a shame. But I think this is a fun game. So uh, readers, listeners, people who like us, uh, give us other ones to do. And we'll do them in the coming weeks. I think we found a, an awards theme game to play for a little bit. Since honestly, there's not a ton new to talk about. We're we're in stasis for a couple weeks, and then SAG will give us a little bit of information, but also not a ton. Um, in the meantime, we do have a couple of questions. So uh, Ryan McDermott has a film hog face off for us, which is most recent films to receive twelve or more Oscar nominations. Okay. First up, The Power of the Dog or The Shape of Water. Oh well, yeah. I mean, this is. Pretty cut and dry for me. I am going to rewatch Power. Th- I'm going to give it a third try before before it mm-hmm. inevitably wins. But it's it's a movie that I love all the individual elements, but something about it is just not clicking for me. Uh, it's a movie I admire, which, but just don't enjoy. Um, which of course that would be what would win for Netflix, right? Of course, the one that you're like, I don't, I don't get how this is winning, but cool. Like, I it's not even that I don't get it. It's just that. I don't want to say it's not for me because everything about it should be for me, but for some reason I just don't connect to it. Uh, the Shape of Water, on Which the is, other hand, is one of my favorite best picture wins of the last decade. My second favorite Guillermo del Toro film. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's borderline perfect. So that's my choice. Mm. Fair enough, Steve. Uh, the Shape of Water is top middle del Toro for me. So. Um, I'm going to go with The Power of the Dog. And actually, I like The Power of the Dog quite a bit. It's my number two of the year, I believe. So. I, uh, I'm i kind of lukewarm on The Shape of Water. I like parts of it. And I think I have the, the, ver- the thing that Miles has with Power of the Dog and that it just, like, I don't think it's not for me, but I just, I kind of watch it going, this is fine, while everyone around me is blown away by it. Whereas, like, The Power of the Dog, I get it. I think that second viewing really helped, um, especially because it was a second theatrical v- viewing. I think that movie, and this is not saying Miles did this, but I think if you watch it at home, not paying attention, it, it, it has no chance, which is what also makes it weird that it's winning because it's not a movie you could passively watch and go, yeah, I, I dug it. You really got to commit the time or you're 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 going to get pieces. So um, just makes it interesting and why I... I I wouldn't count out Belfast yet or maybe even Coda, but like at this point I, I don't see what's gonna gonna beat it. But it's a weird win. Which is kinda cool. I'm okay with weird wins. But uh, yeah, I'm going power with the dog. Uh next up. La La Land or The Revenant. By the way, only one of these is a good movie. 
Um, I don't hate The Revenant. I don't think it's the movie Leo deserved to win for. Uh, and I don't think it's up I there was, with Inurito's previous film. Um, I was just ranting about that because uh, Christy and I were watching uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. That's the one he should have won for. Absolutely. I actually did. I actually did the whole thing we just did to my like eyes glazed over girlfriend going, uh-huh. And then what would have happened? Like she couldn't give a <laughs> shit. But I was like, you know, like if we just give McConaughey the Oscar for um for Magic Mike, it takes away from Christoph Waltz, who has two, so he'd still have one. And then DiCaprio could win for uh for Wolf of Wall Street. And then DiCaprio doesn't win for the Revenant. And instead I'm like, well, you know, maybe Brian Cranston wins, and that's not amazing, but maybe Matt Damon wins. That'd be cool. But probably, I guess, Fassbender wins for Steve Jobs, and that's also cool. And and I I got the look of, like, you should have stopped talking a long time ago. <laughs> or did you? But, you know. No, I, oh, I, I didn't stop. No, talking. no, I mean, in her eyes. <laughs> I was a freight train. She's just hearing white noise. Oh, no, no. She, she was probably playing Scrabble on her phone midway through that. <laughs> but, you know. I was humored. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I assume this is building up to you picking La La Land, Miles. It is, yeah. So, no, but I, I don't think The Revenant is terrible. There's good stuff in it. Ironically, I think Tom Hardy is the much more compelling performance. But La La Land is a movie where just everything about it works for me. It's one yeah. of, something the best of Gosling and uh, Stone. If Damien Chazelle hadn't done Whiplash, it would be his best film. Mm-hmm. Steve? Uh, I echo everything that Miles just said. Uh, I love La La Land, and uh, yeah, what he said is perfect. So if you don't know what he said, rewind and hit play. Yeah. Uh, La La Land was my number two of that year. I I, I love it. Um, Yeah, The Revenant, listen, it's not a bad movie. It's a fine movie. Yeah. The the try-hard filmmaking is very much on display and, like, cool. I can appreciate that. But in terms of, like, an enjoyable film, it's, it's not... Um, and also it's just, it's surprisingly forgettable for a movie that won best director. Like I remember the bear attack and I remember there's something with a bunch of like arrows at one point. And I know he like suffers and chases Tom Hardy a bunch and Tom Hardy, I think kills Donald Gleason at one point. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, yeah. the, um, you say the try hard aspect of it, because the thing I remember about it more than anything are the final few frames where Leo just looks at the camera with an expression that very clearly says, please give me an Oscar for this. Yeah. Like it's, I, I can't hate the, like just straight up, like fucking I'll do it. Like, is this what's going to take the win? Fine. I'll do it. Um, I can, I can respect that, but you know, it's hard not to watch other things. Like I was watching him just like trying to open the door of his car in the Wolf of Wall Street and be like, this is so much better. This is so much better. Um, alas, but yes, I'm going La La Land. Next up, Lincoln or the King's Speech? Hmm. The Battle of the Lukewarm Biopics. Um, um, it's funny. There was a a Twitter thing going around today where people were, um, uh, ranking as Steven Spielberg's best director nominations. Yes. And and I was, and I was thinking about Lincoln in it and it's like, Lincoln is one of those movies that I saw it and I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I literally never, ever think about it except for in conversations like this. Um, I found it on HBO periodically. And if you pick it up like towards the end when like it's the fucking get the votes kind of thing, it's really compelling. There's Don't get me wrong. It's like there is good stuff in it. I love all the, you know, the sort of 
the 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 arguments in the chamber. I love all the stuff with uh, James Spader and uh, whoever else. Um, was, uh, was it was it? I forget his his name. W H Bilbo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, like the two like sort of rapscallions who are like going around like blackmailing. Is Tim like Nelson the other one? Maybe. I just re- he's in I, the movie for sure. I just remember like the two of them like going around and like having a lot of fun like comedic stuff. Tommy Lee Jones. I think they is like great. beat up a guy too, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of stuff I like in it, but there's also a lot of really dry stuff. Um, and then the King's which if you if you is, pick it up like an hour in, you do skip a lot of it. I gotta yeah. say. And then the King's Speech is a movie that is very thoroughly fine, and that its reputation yep. is probably worse because of all its wins. And because, yeah. especially because of the film that it beat. And also it's such a like Harvey Weinstein, like I'm going to shove this down your throat and make you hate it, even though it's something you probably like. Yeah, like I remember liking it at the time, but I don't have good memories of it. So all of that to say, I don't know, tie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I, like I don't like I Phil- don't feel strong. I don't have strong enough opinions about either one to say I like it better than the other. Yeah, yeah. King's Speech made me think of Philomena in the same way, where it's like, oh, what a what a nice movie that I enjoyed. And then just the ad nauseum campaign of like, no, you're making me hate this movie because <laughs> I just you need to stop it. Um, yeah. Steve, you got to you got to you got to you come down on one or the other. I'm going King's Speech. Uh, I think, Ooh. you know, the end. Has, it's a it's a big uh, Hollywood Big score, chill moment, you know, when he goes up and he speaks before the nation and it works. Uh, it's a film that I guarantee my grandmother would have loved <laughs> and my father, I'm sure, would love. What a lovely movie, Stephen. Yeah. And that's so, you know what, for that reason, you know, I, I think it, it, it'll it hold up with certain audiences. Uh, I don't think I think it also takes, does take a lot of hits because uh, of, mm. you know, what it was up against and. and but uh, yeah, going King's Speech. Lincoln's great though. Steven, what was what was it up against? Your grandma's on the podcast now. Uh, Rocky, and uh, I can't remember what else. I don't think that's accurate. Steven, what's the social network about? Oh yeah, that one. Oh, that that one's about people with uh, tin cans and strings. It's about the phone. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I didn't see it. I mean, kind of. Um, I was I was trying to build up to something, but we're not getting there. It's okay. Um, I'll go Lincoln. They're both fine. They're both good. Lincoln, I think, is a little more rewatchable. Next up, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button or Chicago. <sighs> Benjamin Button's one I've gone back and forth on over the years. I really liked it when I first saw it, and then over time it's like, uh, it's really long, though, and there's stretches that aren't as good. But then I rewatched it recently. I was like, oh, actually, no, this is really good. Um, it just needs to shave maybe 30 minutes or so. But then again, it does have that sort of long, sort of rambling quality to it. So um, Chicago is one of my favorite movie musicals. Uh, like, it's one of the musicals that feels m- like the adaptation to film and the use of editing and, like, creative production design in it is just so... It's it's amazing to me that other musicals haven't just like tried to copy it more because it does it so well. Or the ones that try to do it do it poorly. Exactly. Like it it lays out such an effective blueprint that it's shocking to me that nobody else has come close. Um, and in fact, he's failed when he's tried to do it over again. 
Yeah, exactly. Like he's never made a movie even close to as good. Um, yeah. I think the parts I like in Benjamin Button, maybe I like a little bit more, but I think Chicago works better as a whole. So I'll go with Chicago. Fair. Steve? Um, I'm going to go Chicago as well. Benjamin Button's one that I haven't revisited, and I just don't want to. Maybe I should, but I don't know. I was like, oh, it's over. All right, I'm done. Thank you, and goodbye. Is there a reason to go back to it? Is there something um, that stands out? Like, for me, the oh, effect. Yeah, like, I mean, there's there's a lot of little moments. It, I think it, it's, it's very episodic, and I think individual episodes of it are very strong. Like, the Tilda Swinton section is very good. The bit where he's um, sort of going over all the possibilities that could have avoided the car accident is really good. Uh, the montage where he leaves like there's good sections of it but there is a lot of filler to get to them mm-hmm. i think the letter is very good i mean it's, it's the, the letter the is what i'm story. thinking of where he's like t- talking about all the experiences he wants his daughter to have and yeah that's, that's you, my favorite uh, part yeah i think that that's very nice um and it's and it's got a good tearjerker quality at the end um, i'm gonna go benjamin button not by a lot though uh because chicago is great but yeah, I think I think I get more out of Benjamin Button. If you were to sit and like turn everything off and watch one of the two, I feel like I would have a good time with Chicago. But I, you know, I, I've done it. You know, I had fun with it. Benjamin Button, I think, depending on your mood, you might be like bowled over by. Like I, you know, was it? Yeah, last night for Valentine's Day we watched um, two nights ago. I don't know. Times the flat circle. Um, yesterday for us, earlier in the week for you guys listening, um, we rewatched uh, About Time. And, uh, yeah, like, that movie doesn't always make me cry, but it certainly made me cry that night. Um, so, you know, depending on when you watch something, you get a different reaction. Um, which I gotta say, not remembering that, um, I guess spoilers for an almost 10-year-old movie, when the thing he does, the last thing he does with his dad is they go back in time so they can be younger. I completely forgot that's what happens. And, uh, oh boy, got very dusty in that house. Mm-hmm. Next up, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, or Gladiator. All right, disqualification, Gladiator wins. Next one, moving on. Nah, no dice, no dice. Uh, I think Gladiator is a preposterously overrated movie. It's fine. It's way too long. The performances are good, but it's just, it's too much of what it is. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, I've gone back and forth on the trilogy, and I actually did a rewatch of them uh, for New Year's this year. Uh, I think Fellowship is my favorite now. I think it's got all my favorite Lord of the Rings stuff in it, and I think the trilogy as a whole is a phenomenal cinematic accomplishment. So yeah, Fellowship all the way. Everything Miles said about Gladiator applies to Lord of the Rings for me. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Just saying. Steve. I'm in the Miles boat. Uh, I'm going Fellowship. Yeah. Gladiator's okay. It's just uh, I actually really enjoy Lord of the Rings, especially Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, listen, I don't love Gladiator. I think it's fair to find. But I actively dislike Lord of the Rings, so it's going to be Gladiator. All right, next up, Shakespeare in Love or Titanic? Ooh, okay. Um, I, I've I've definitely come around on Titanic. I think if you took out, like, probably, like, 45 minutes and especially took out all the modern-day stuff, it would be a genuinely great movie. As is, it's Mm. a very good one that's just got too much fat on it. 
Shakespeare in Love is a is a fine, sweet little thing. It shouldn't have won as much of it as it did, but it's it's very fluffy and light and airy and entertaining for what it is. Um, so, given the choice between too much meat on the bones and too little meat on the bones, I guess in this case I'll go Titanic. All right. Steve? Titanic uh, was an event that re- remained an event for, like, what, months at the theater because... Damn near a year, man. Yeah, back then uh, you didn't see things like that. And sure they told Say Anything in, on a big giant ship that was going to sink and an iceberg and all that stuff, but uh, it worked. I, you know, I, I actually have a... Well, not an axe to grind, but I I usually root against Titanic because uh, I love L.A. Confidential. But um, well, hunting baby. Yeah, no, no. La Confidential. Uh, but yeah, the uh, and I'm I'm actually a fan of the uh, Shakespeare in Love win. Uh, I know I'm one of the few, but yeah. Yeah, same about Ryan for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's 98% people say, saving Private Ryan, but I'm going to go with Titanic. Just for... I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would go um, other things that year. Even I think there'd be there's a there's a segment of the Thin Red Line folk also out there. Yeah, well, that you know that's one that grows on you, and I think it doesn't have the. It's not as easy to consume as the other two. You know that movie of... was notorious that it. Go ahead. It took me many times to watch that movie because I would always fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Malik is a great medicine if you're tired. Uh, actually, it's, it's one that I, I'd love to go revisit. I walked out of the theater and after I, I left the I just, theater, I remember thinking it, it started to click. And I was like, yeah. And I, you know, I was just like walking with my uh, girlfriend at the time and just in silence and like, and halfway out to the parking lot and like, it started to like, come together for me um i'd mm-hmm. like to go back and see and where is she goes. now i think i married her <laughs> can't remember oh there you go <laughs> i hope so considering yeah um there you go all right um i think i'll go shakespeare in love just to mix it up i think everything miles said i agree with frankly um so it's just a like depends on the day situation um and the last one the english patient or forrest gump um yeah i don't know the the english patient is one that i think has this reputation as like a very obvious oscar movie like a bland boring win but i remember quite liking it um it's been a long time since i've seen it so i couldn't specifically tell you what i like about it beyond just i really like ray Mm -hmm. fines um and then Forrest Gump, it's like, it's enjoyable while you're watching it, but I'm so over everything in it. I'm so yeah. over the, the ripple effect it's had on pop culture. I'm so over all the Gumpisms. I don't think Tom Hanks's performance is especially good in it. And I think it hasn't aged especially well. So, yeah, I I dislike the English patient less, so I guess I'll go with that. All right, Steve. Uh, it's a tough one. 
Um, I loved Forrest Gump when I first saw it. I am kind of afraid to go revisit it because I don't think it's aged well. Just from the clips, I go. No, it's. There are aspects of it that you will not like it as much. That do work, you know. That there's things about it that uh, I like the score. I love the score actually. Um, mm-hmm. And there are some scenes that that I'm, I'm fond of, but things like you know the, the the go the especially now as I complain about the state of the art face swapping that they do, and I can't stand it. Uh, the stuff they did with the historical clips, I don't think is going to sit very well with me. Uh, 20 years later or 25 years later, whatever it is. Um, yeah. yeah. The English Patient, I haven't seen in quite a while. But from what I remember, it had like a feel of like an epic. And a film that is not made that often anymore. And I think it will stand the test of time. I don't think it's always going to have a huge audience because it is a slow burn. Um, but people who appreciate film, I think, are going to appreciate that much longer. I think Forrest Gump is kind of going to be like, oh, remember when we used to do that? Or remember when our effects were limited to, you know, that that horrible part where he was it when he's playing? Well, pretty much everything where they insert him into an old scene. They're just bad. The John Lennon. Oh, the John Lennon uh, mouth swap was similar to the Conan O'Brien. Remember the old days of Conan O'Brien where they'd have the, the mouth and they'd have uh, some guest on. It would just be like a mouth. Uh, I think it was Rob, uh, Rob Schmeigel. Is that his name? Bob Schmeichel. Mm-hmm. Bob Schmeichel. Robert Schmeichel. Yeah. Uh, is it? Who is it? Robert? Rob, uh, Robert Schmeichel. Yeah, Robert Schmeichel. Uh, he did Triumph. Yeah, yeah. He would be on there. And it was just, a, it, obviously, it was, it was a terrible uh, uh, effect, and it was meant to be. But I think that's how, how poorly those effects will play. So I'm going to go with The English Patient. Fair enough. Um, I think The English Patient is, like, fine. Um. Yeah, like I, I don't have any major complaints, but I, I I can't say that like it does a whole hell of a lot for me. Um, Forrest Gump is diminishing returns. That first time you watch it is great, and the more you watch it, the less you like it. Um, I think it's still a good movie with its problems, um, but yeah, I think everyone just sort of watched it too much. I know I had at one point in high school two separate cl- classes showing it to me at the same time, but not in the same like speed. So it was very strange. It, it, it worked back so then. Well, it, it doesn't... It doesn't yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I don't think my kids would be impressed by it at all. I think they would be like... I think they'd be turned off. Where back then, the technology... It's kind of like, you know, with, tech, with Titanic. I think Titanic will still play well, but nowhere close to what it was before. You know, that was around the time yeah. of, uh, of Jurassic Park, when dinosaurs used to be a big deal. Now they're in your commercials yeah, for cereal. <clears throat> Times change. Um, one more thing and then we'll go. Kfley208 has a question. It says mainly for from me and a little inside baseball, but when you were doing year in advance predictions, how do you decide if an actor or actress is lead or supporting? Um, I mean, there's, I mean, you guys can chime in, uh, but I don't have a hard and fast rule unless I have a, a hunch about what it's about. So like, I'll give you a good example. She said, this year, the um, one about the New York Times journalist who wrote the uh, Harvey Weinstein article. I, I when I finish my predictions, and I've only sort of started. Um, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan will both be in my predictions, and you know, either one could be lead, either one could be supporting. They could both be lead, and I think 
the way you do it is you kind of think narrative at the beginning when you have no other information. So I feel like all things being equal, Carrie Mulligan probably has the sway to go lead. And Zoe Kazan, someone who's never been nominated, unfortunately, might actually benefit from going supporting, depending on how the year turns out. So that's, uh, that's one example of how I might think about it. The other thing, and this is even more inside baseball, is depending on who is putting out the film, sometimes you can ask them and they'll tell you where they're leaning. It'll be like, oh, we don't have any confirmation, obviously, but we're thinking X, Y, or Z. So um, that's how that usually works for me. I don't know if it's any different for you guys. Uh, I mean, I've I sort of said as much last year. I don't really do year in advance predictions because I think it's preposterous and half the time half the films you're talking about don't even come out and it's just like call me a Grinch if you Miles, like but it's just it's not it's always something I found to be bizarre and fruitless and kind of ridiculous I mean I guess what Miles is gonna have to do this year yeah no I mean I'll like I'll look at what's coming out and I'll make some educated guesses but I do not like put together a proper like thing of predictions because I just you just don't have enough information at that point. Like every year without fail, like two or three of the major nominees are going to be films that nobody was talking about before September. Like who the fuck was talking about drive my car before September this past year, you know, or it's just, it's, there's too much potential for stuff to come up that, because a lot of the time the stuff that is on your radar is just going to be, Oh, well that director has been nominated before or that actor is probably due or that sounds like, an Oscar Beatty, you know, subject material. And that's how we end up predicting shit like Ammonite to, you know, overperform. And then it doesn't get any nominations. It's, I don't know. It's, it's mm. blind guessing at best. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about this um, more when we do year in advance, but you know what we should wrap up on now? We should look at my year in advance predictions and see how I did. Oh, from this These past were- year? Yeah. Okay. No, this these were posted nine. <laughs> these were posted nine months ago. Um, here was my. I'm just. I'm looking through my. Uh, my God, I went. I went deep. Oh God, I don't want to do this again. This is a lot of work. <laughs> um, I had a. Fi- I had fifty in picture. I went fifty deep. Um, here we'll go from fifty to one on that one. Oh my God. Uh, Quickly, 50 Eternals, 49, No Time to Die, 48, Cry Macho, 47, The Northman, didn't come out, 46, Red Rocket, 45, Next Goal Wins, didn't come out, 44, Hero, 43, Belfast, whoops, (laughs) Um, 42, Zola, 41, Last Night in Soho, 40, The Power of the Dog, whoops, 39, Those Who Wish Me Dead, 38, The Card Counter, 37, The Way of the Wind, didn't come out, 36, Mass, 35, Benedetta, 34, The Lost King didn't come out. 33, Passing. 32, The Harder They Fall. 31, Limbo. Don't know if it came out. It did. It did. We, 30, did, uh, we did a radar review on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. No one, no one noticed. Um, I, 30, saw, Limbo, I saw it make a couple top 10 lists, actually. I was surprised. Hmm. Good for it. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, 28, Tick, Tick, Boom. Probably should have had that a little higher. 27, Cyrano. 26, 3,000 Years of It didn't come out. Come out. <laughs> no, Cyrano. Kidding. Yep. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, 25, Spencer. 24, Dear Evan Hansen. Ooh. Uh, 20, 23, King Richard. 22, The Tragedy of Macbeth. 21, Come On, Come On. 20, A Journal for Jordan. Whoops. Uh, 19, Don't Worry Darling. Didn't come out. 
18, Blonde, didn't come out. 17, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. 16, Dune. 15, The Last Duel. 14, Respect. 13, House of Gucci. 12, wow. In the Heights. 11, The French Dispatch. You're on fire. <laughs> 10, the, 10, The Whale, didn't come out. 9, Blue Bayou, whoops. 8, Stillwater, whoops. <laughs> 7, West Side Story, ding, 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 I got one. Nice. 6, Nightmare Alley, ding, 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 I got two. Nice. 5, Canterbury Glass, or whatever the David O. Russell movie is called that didn't come out. 4, being the, uh, four Coda, I got one. Bingo. That's 3. 3, Being the Ricardos, I came damn close. 2, the then-untitled Paul Thomas Anderson Project, ding, ding, ding. And my year in advance winner, which, goddamn, did I actually come closer than you think? Don't look up. Wow. Oh, yeah, so I, I, I remember I, that. Half of my lineup got nominated. Yeah. But, like... Half of my lineup got nominated. But but you had some... Un, yeah, you had some pretty deep... Uh, I'm surprised that you had the power of the dog with uh, Campion being involved. So That was just... So deep. I knew Campion was... Yeah, I had it pretty deep, but I... Because I knew nothing about it. Um, in director, I had PTA. Mm-hmm. David O. Russell, Guillermo del Toro, Adam McKay, Steven Spielberg. So only one real whiff. Even though I got two. The other two were not super far off. Not bad. An actor, I only got one. I got I had Will Smith as my winner. I might go I might go uh I might go uh like what's it called? Like banner to banner. On uh Will Smith, because I here's a big miss. Two, Michael B. Jordan, a journal for Jordan. Three, Matt Damon, Stillwater. Four, DiCaprio, Don't Look Up. Five, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, which I maintain I might be right about just a year later. I had Denzel at eight. I had Bardem at nine. So there you go. Not, not, not super far off. No. Not bad. Um, I had Garfield at 18, so. Hmm. Um, I got two in Actress, because I had Anna Darmus, one for Blonde. Didn't come out. Kristen Stewart, Spencer, two. Jennifer Lawrence, Don't Look Up, three. Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, four. Hudson, five. Respect. Not bad. I had Chastain at seven. I had Gaga at ten. I didn't have um, Penelope Cruz anywhere. I got one in supporting actor. Can you guess who it is? Hmm. Was it Kieran Hines? It was not. Uh, J.K. Simmons? It was J.K. Simmons. What? Really? Yeah. I had Bradley Cooper, one. I had Bradley Whitford, two, for Tick, Tick, Boom. Whoops. I had J.K. Simmons, three, for being Ricardo's. I had Mark Rylance, four, for Don't Look Up. I had Coleman Domingo, for Zola. Well, then again, if you you look at the list and you look at your your best pictures, yeah, it would make sense. J.K. Simmons is... Yeah, yeah. Well, I try to tell a story. Yeah. Like like we do with predictions. Um, I will say, I had Affleck at six for The Last Duel. So, wrong movie, but I came close. I had Plemons at 11 for Power of the Dog. Oh, not bad. And I didn't even come close on anyone else. Um, supporting actress, I uh, didn't get anyone. I had Abigail Breslin for Spent Stillwater, Marley Matlin for Coda, Alicia Vikander, Blue Bayou, Nina Arianda being the Ricardos, and Kate Blanchett, Nightmare Alley. Some good I had Ruth Nega at 10. Yeah. I had Arianda Bose at 13. And no one else from there. Um, I had Coda in original screenplay initially. Whoops. But I got PTA don't, and Don't Look Up right. I had those two. I had Blue Bayou and Being the Ricardos also there. Adapted screenplay. I got no one. <laughs> I had A Journal for Jordan, House of Gucci, West Side Story, 
Nightmare Alley and Zola. Whoops. Um, I got um, four of the five in animated feature, though. Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Apollo 10 and a half, and Kanto Fleet. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I got two in cinematography. Let me I, guess. Know, I got, I got uh, one in costume. No, my only cinematography get was West Side Story. Oh. I had Gucci, West Side Story, Canterbury Glass, Dune, and uh, Licorice Pizza. So I got two there. Uh, editing, I got Don't Look Up and Dune. Mm, sound, I think I got three, because I had West Side Story, Dune, and No Time to Die. They all got nominated, right? Sounds something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever. So, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Good enough. Um, let's uh, let's close up shop. Say where you can be followed, and I know you hate when I when I rant when I say do whatever you want. So, um, since next week, believe it or not, Cyrano comes out. Uh, it does the, tell me another movie that. Yeah, that you can compare this to and that, like, fully didn't believe it existed until, like, the last minute. Because I know Miles hasn't seen it. So, like, it doesn't exist to him. Wait, so so sorry. What do you want us to do? So, like, how that movie doesn't exist, because just, like, it's been, like, overtly hidden from you and the, like, general public. Mm-hmm. Think, Tell me another movie that you felt that way for. Of just, like, you, you really just don't want me to see this movie. Okay, I got one. Uh, so, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at MilesOnFilm. That's M-Y-L-E-S on film. Please check out my short films American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. And uh, for a film that it felt like they were trying to hide, this is for this can be for any year, right? Not just this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, one that I always felt that way about was The Lives of Others. Uh, that was <clears> the film that uh, I distinctly remember being mad at because it won Best uh, International Film over Pan's Labyrinth, which had been my favorite film of that year. And I was like, what the heck is this German movie I've never heard of? How can that possibly beat Pan's Labyrinth? And then I finally saw The Lives of Others in like April or May or something like that the following year when it finally came to a theater near me. And I was like, oh. That's why it's really good. <laughs> it's a shame that no, I never got to see it like the year it was competing for. Fair enough. Steve? Hmm. You know, I don't have a ton like this. I guess the, the closest, you know, last year, Nomadland, uh, when everyone had seen it, I kept begging them, can you send it? And they said, oh, yeah. And then they said, no, we're going to hold off. Everyone is talking about it. And like, you wouldn't just send it to me. I, I work at a rewards radar, damn it. So I I I, I yeah. played that card and then it, it was there overnight. So, but yeah, Huzzah. <laughs> We're we're gonna be followed. Oh yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter and Letterbox at Filmstork. I've been a little bit lazy with both lately, but uh, I'll be back. Uh, and you can also listen to the Verse. Um, it's doing exceptionally well. People are loving it. People are loving. Uh, we we did a. Uh, we jumped into the Legend of Vox Machina, which if you haven't watched, is a hell of a lot of fun. If you are uh, into D&D, or if you're just like smart but crude comedy, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime nice. Video, actually. Um, 
There you go. Uh, you can follow me at, at Joey Magaton on all of your social things. Awards Radar is on many of them. Um, mine's not quite the same thing, but I will tell you that for years I had predicted um, every year, because it literally sat on the shelf for years, the um, John Cusack movie Shanghai. Oh my I believe. God, I forgot all about mm. that. Was it Michael Hausstrom directed? Do you know what? I think the only reason I know I any part of that movie like like stuck with me is because I remember you predicting that like way yeah. back in the circuit um, days. So it just never came out, which is like never come out. And I believe it finally came out in 2010. No, 2015. So it sat on the shelf for a full five years. It has 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think, I don't even think I liked it when I saw it. It was rough. Um, There's one positive review on on there. Um, And yeah, Michael Hofstrom directed it. John Cusack, Gong Lee, Chow Yun-Fat, Ken Watanabe, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Franca Potente, Rinko Kikuchi. Like, there's no reason this movie shouldn't have been good. Uh, David Morse, Hugh Bonneville, Gemma Chan. Uh, Like, yeah. But years, literally predicting it. Um, And I recall at one point, I forget what year it was, I thought it was playing at a movie theater. Just like randomly, I ran to the theater and it was a different movie. But it was um, released in China on June 17th, 2010. Came out in America October 2nd, 2015. Went, went, in production, went into production in 2008. So it was almost a decade to get that movie out. Yeah. That was that one for me. The thing that always amazed me. So I wasn't getting screeners. But luckily I lived in New York. Um, but... The, theater, the films would come out, they'd announce the nominees, and I always questioned, why in the hell don't these ha- don't they have these films available? Like the AMC, like, marathon that they do is, like, I guess the only thing you get a lot of people. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, rental or on demand or any of that stuff. Some films don't come out until the, the week after the Academy Awards. And I always question, like, I understand that the voters, you know, get their screeners, but if there's a whole bunch of buzz because the public's seeing it, that might influence the voters as well, but they'd wait till the week after. So yeah. I'd be like, shit, I gotta go to the, I gotta race. I have to go to like the one, like the, the quad. Is that the name of the theater? That was, yeah, that, 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 that type of theater. Would yeah. Be and yeah. go see it on the one screen on the terrible screen with the terrible sound and, and everything else, because I had to sneak it in before the Oscars, because it's, it, I think it's important for the, for the, uh, the future of film to get people seeing these films before, uh, the awards happen, so they actually have a, a horse in the race. Totally. We're going to close up shop until uh, next week, but uh, maybe next week we'll talk about Cyrano. Uh, and there'll be other things to talk about, but for now, um, we've been here, you've been there. Stay safe, and we will be back next week. Thank you all for listening. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment contacts.